0: Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM
1: You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Sunday evening uh, Well the Premier League festive schedule may have been thrown into disarray but we still have had plenty of sporting action to look back on throughout the day St. Finn Bears are into the Munster Club football final We'll have reaction from that game John O'Shea was our man at Parky Ring Man City Coast to pass Newcastle We'll have a look At those games That did go ahead today Tottenham and Liverpool Currently in action Liverpool just gone Into the lead We have a Cork exclusive Jeremy McCarthy Spoke to new boss Matthew Toomey Athletic star Dara McLenny Will be on the show We also have Some American football chat That's all Before 7 Aiden Lee here with you until 7 on this festive big red bench on Cork's Red FM. Uh, we'll have reaction from the St. Finbars win later on, as mentioned, uh, there wasn't good news in the intermediate semi-final. However, unfortunately, Newmarket were defeated by Cardiffin of Clare, 114 to 11 points in Mallow. Now, before we go back to Gaelic games, let's recap on the Premier League, uh, games that did go ahead. Today Everton versus Leicester was postponed, that was supposed to go ahead at twelve. All the other day all the other games did kick off. Man City had a big win, away to Newcastle. Here's Stephen Goldsmith. Newcastle nil, Manchester City 4. Newcastle posted a picture of staff and players wildly celebrating after their first win of the season against Burnley a couple of weeks ago, but frankly
2: no corner appears to have been turned here and Eddie Howe has a monumental task in hand. City don't need help to score goals, but the home side give them more than a helping hand for the first, Dubravka and Clark leaving the ball to each other, Diaz capitalised and headed in. Cancelo then doubled the lead, with a
1: rocket before Mares and Sterling added two more, both close-range finishes. Newcastle Nil, Manchester City 4. Now there was another draw for Chelsea nil all away to Wolves Joshua Smith was at Molyneux
3: Wolves nil Chelsea nil a very flat game particularly from Chelsea Wolves fans will be happy to take on a team that were top of the table not too long ago and get a point at home but it really wasn't a game of any quality just one shot target for each side in that game the best chance of the game it fell to Dodonka it was a free header at the back post he had plenty of time and it was a very tame effort which was easily held by the Chelsea goalkeeper Mendy on the flip side Mason Mount in the second half it took them until the last 15 minutes to register their first shot on target it was a good effort and it was a good save by desar to keep them out and that was it Wolves did have the ball in the net in the first half but it was ruled out for offside for Raul Jimenez uh, Pedenz putting the ball in the back of the net but the flag was up other than that no chances at all Wolves nil Chelsea nil
1: Yeah, as mentioned, Liverpool are away to Tottenham and uh, they are in the lead. Kane opened the scoring for Spurs, Jota equalised. And it's Andrew Robertson who has put Liverpool in front with less than 20 minutes to go there. Uh, Elsewhere, Kyogo Furahashi. Fired Celtic to Scottish League Cup glory. He is an unbelievable player to watch. Really fun. Really good fun to watch. Uh, Celtic as a whole have actually been very entertaining recently. Their uh, Europa League game uh, away to Leverkusen was a very good watch as well. Uh, but a brace by the Japanese striker uh, helped secure Ange Postachoglu's first piece of silverware as Celtic boss. Hibbs actually took the lead and uh, it was just absolutely class in the second half by Forahashi. Final score there was Celtic 2, Hibbs 1. Uh, now, last night, of course, uh, Munster defeated Caster nineteen thirteen in the Heineken Champions Cup was not a good watch, I have to say. Uh, nearly fell asleep in the couch halfway through that one, but uh, Munster got the job done, and that's what's uh, the most important. Caster did take the losing bonus points, it's very strange. At the end, they're quite happy to settle for it. They just kicked the ball out of play. Now, the RT Sport Awards were also took place, and a massive congratulations to Corks Dominic Casey. He picked up Manager of the Year for his involvement with what has been an unbelievable year of rowing in Ireland and uh, particularly in Skibbereen of course uh, Rachel Blackmore picked up RT Sports Personality of the Year um, the first ever female jockey to win the Grand National, and she's had a, a fantastic year herself. And, and Henry de Promed as well. They've they've picked up quite a few big wins uh, throughout the year. Gavin Bizunu of course, Irish international goalkeeper, picked up Young Personality of the Year. Uh, fantastic to see that uh, by the man who's on loan at Portsmouth at the moment. Of course, uh, parent club is Manchester City. Uh, now there was a bit of boxing as well. Uh, Andy Lee's fighter Joshua Parker defeated Chisora on points. So a uh, good one there, and nice to see Andy Lee having a bit of success in the corner as well. A uh, bit of darts as well, the darts are on, I love this time of year, Christmas, you know Christmas is on when the darts are on TV. Keane Barry, of course, one of the Irish, all the Irish uh, throwers got through their first round games. Keane Barry is in action tonight, actually pretty soon, at the PDC World Darts Championship. Uh, the Mead Youngster is up against world number eight, Johnny Clayton, in the second round at Alexandra Palace, so... Be keen to watch that after we head off from here later on today. Now, as mentioned, St Finbars are into the Munster Senior Club football final. Uh, they beat again. Guinness 2.14 to 12 points at Porky Rin. They will face Austin Stacks of Kerry, who overcame Newcastle West on the other side of the draw. Uh, John O'Shea spoke to Bars manager Paul O'Keeffe after the game.
3: Paul O'Keefe into, into a Munster final. I what's, your, what's your thoughts on
0: the game there? Uh, look, I thought we were brilliant in the first half. Uh, obviously, we kind of went into uh, stupid mode again in the in the third quarter, left them back into the game. I think they they scored a six points to two in the third quarter, and that gave them a bit of oxygen and put a bit of a bit of pressure on us for the last quarter. But I thought I, I thought the first half was as good as we played all year. you know? Um, we took two great goals and. Um, yeah, you have to be happy with it. Yeah, and those those
3: two goals from from Connor as well, they they were really kind of launchpad for you, weren't they?
0: Oh, look, they, look It look at kind of closed out the game for us. To be honest, you know, you're going in the half time nine points up, you knew that they were going to have to bring something really special in the second half uh, to get over the line. And look, they, they you know they threw the kitchen sink at it in the first uh, quarter, of the second half. But look, we kind of got the grips of it again and uh, and closed the game out thankfully. Yeah, absolutely.
3: And um, the way I suppose Arrow they had their spin in the second half. Yeah. Um, were you pleased about the way you responded? Yeah
0: look, look I suppose that, that's kind of been the way we've, we we did it all year you know look we, we've we had a few games where we kind of went to sleep and then had to kind of dig it out you know so that kind of experience it. to us you know and I, I was kind of hoping that we could kind of close the game out a bit earlier but look you know, you know that, that doesn't always come true like
3: Yeah and I think you know, um, after Munster final um, I suppose like this year you had, had a big emphasis I so suppose you wanted to kind of have a, a good, good credit after Munster
0: Yeah well look I suppose we spoke about it after after the county final we, you know, the, the, the lads were, you know, really keen to go for uh, as far as we could in the monster club. You know, so look, we're, we're in the final now. Look, and sure, look, every time you get to the final, you want to win it. So, um, so looking forward to that after Christmas. Yeah, I
3: think it's, um, I think it's Aston Steaks. Um, I think they won the other semi final, so um, it'll be, it'll be a good old test, a good battle when, when it comes on.
0: Yeah, look, it'll be a great game. Look, we played them during the summer in a challenge match down there, and it was a cracking game. You know, so look, I think from a, a neutral's perspective, I think it'll be a cracking game of football. You know, so look, looking forward to that already. You know, so it should be a good day out. Yeah, absolutely.
3: I think obviously, you know, um, a week out from from Christmas, I said, your, your last kind of match in 2021. So overall, how do you reflect back on, on
0: 2021? Actually, look, it's been a brilliant year. Do you know, look, we were unbeaten in League and Championship all year. Um, you couldn't ask for more out of it, the lads. It's been it's been a super year. now to kind of face into 2022, looking into a monster club is uh, it's kind of dream stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah, I thought it's was great
3: after a festive period to have, um, have a monster final to harder them
0: Yeah, look, it's great. Look, the lads can go away and kind of enjoy Christmas. Uh, obviously, not enjoy too much. Much, but uh, um, but look, to have that to look forward to in the new year is brilliant. It's great for club. Paul O'Keefe speaking there after their win today. It's
1: all kicking off at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's 2 all. first of all. Young Ming's son has equalised for Spurs. And Andrew Robertson has just been sent off. Uh, he put Liverpool in the lead not even 10 minutes ago. And uh, he's after being shown a red card after a VAR check and uh, uh, yellow might have done but I suppose it was a bit reckless so uh, red right card for Robertson there 2-all at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium now continuing with our reaction to St. Finbar's win Conor Crickard scored 2-1 from play the down native has been some addition to St. Finbar's this year here he is with John Conor
3: McRickard and um, St. Finbar's into the Muster final
4: as well as your thoughts over on him today uh, yeah with, with Doug Deep I mean we came through a very tough championship in, in the Cork championship so we, we're no stranger to the to the battle, whenever it came to it, at the last.
3: Absolutely, and then um, just as well uh, the two goals. So just talk us through um, them, your thoughts on.
4: Yeah, listen, it's all right for the the forwards to get the headlines with the yeah. scores, but it's the, it's the work that the boys do out the field. Um, the second goal in particular, the ball that Colin Lyons' house put in was phenomenal and it was on a plate really, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work that the boys do out the field.
3: Yeah, and it's all like, you must say, you kind of responded well to them when um, Aero kind of and you, know, you, you kind of got the right responses.
4: Yeah, listen. As I said, we came through a very tough championship in the Cork championship, so it's something that that we're used to. And from our hope of off in the Cork championship right through to the, the Clown game in the final, you know, every game was was tight, talk and go. So we're we're happy enough to get over the line now. Absolutely,
3: and um, obviously a monster final um, after Christmas and the new year. It, 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 it's it's exciting to look forward to, um, in the new
4: year. Yeah, definitely. It's it's something to look forward to. You know, we'll we'll keep taking keep taking over the Christmas break. And, and come the 16th of January, I think it is, we'll, we'll be ready to go. Absolutely. And
3: yourself, Connor I suppose. How have you found um, the the championship? This whole down Which St. been over on?
4: Yeah. Listen, I've i really really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm I'm enjoying the boys that I'm that I'm playing with. So listen, I can't complain. Absolutely. So.
3: And yes, and I suppose just the whole. Like, this week a big good time so far. You know, um, in the new year, I was having a Munster, how much it mean to the club if you
4: were to, to win the Munster Championship now. Yeah, listen, this this club has a lot of history, so I'm sure winning a Monster <laughs> to add to the history will be something that they'll be looking to do. So
1: looking forward to that. Uh John O'Shea is on the line, you were at the uh, you were at Parky Rin for what was a comfortable win in the end for Saint Fimbars over Aero Guinness. Um yeah, how
5: you how you didn't uh, ultimately I think the, the two goals in the first half really proved... the uh, a big launch pad for the Bears to to their victory, Do you know, and, and, and still, Guinness, and especially in the second half, in in the first quarter of the second half, the, when they bought on um, uh, Uguero, can Uguero, they he brought a real lease of life into their into their performance, and they brought it down to four points, at uh, one point in the second half, but ultimately in the end, you know, the Bears, they they had anything that was thrown at them from from Arog, they they answered her. and. Uh, so they. they were, they were good value for the win, and uh, you know if they were good value to get their place in the Munster final overall. on.
1: Conor McCrickard, uh two one from play. You can't ask for much more than that.
5: Absolutely not. You know the the down native is really been a big addition to the to the Bears set up this year, and I say he's. Really, I was out talking to him after the game as well, like He's really enjoying life and um, playing playing with a, with a club with the tradition of the Bears, and so he he took his goals very well today and. I like, think especially uh, I must say no. Stephen Sherlock is well uh, for his um so and the first one uh, and I I was he an outstanding performance overall. In Chelsea, uh Stephen Sherlock, I think I, I think it's I make sure it all know. He's um three goals and fifty points over seven championship games this year for the Bears. So like he's he's a great half now form. But like for, 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 from the kind of the first goal, like it was, it was a free and we thought maybe it was going to be another one. It was, it was a scored one for Sherlock and you think he's going to throw over the bear, but. He saw the uh, the alertness of McCrickard to break free from his men, And it was a quick, it was a quick pass into him. And then McCrickard did the rest in very good at the back of the net. And the second goal was a similar enough um, play. It was a, it was a play, uh, Colin, Colin Nguyen put a great kind of ball forward to kick out him McCrickard. And he blasted the ball home. And ultimately, those goals really proved, the, as I said, a the, the crucial launch pad to their victory. So the are all They they showed their battling still and qualities as well at times, and so you, obviously to get past and um, lock more cast nine last week as well. You would see that they they they, they did pose uh, challenges for the bears. A number of occasions. but you would see those goals really were were crucial, and they, it was a, it was a massive bearing on the game in the end
1: uh St Finbarr's go up against Austin Stacks now uh who I actually saw the uh the Kerry County Championship final when they when they beat uh, Carran's Rattleys they're really disciplined uh they're they're disciplined in and out of position um they had a comfortable win over Newcastle West on the other side of the draw uh that's going to be that's going to be a tough battle that's really hard to call it, 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 in the final at this stage isn't it yeah but well doubt you
5: know and um it's, it's going to be a good battle when it, when it, when it does happen in the New Year. It's, it's actually just looking hello after Christmas. It's a great one so far to, after the festive period for all of us, even the watchers as well, never mind the players staying in it. Um, so I think definitely for St. to be it's going to be a, to be a, a big occasion. and, a, a, and big, That's the an occasion on the club, really. So it's the first Munster final since 1986 in football, which I suppose for a club with, of the tradition and the, the and the reputation of the Bears here on Lee side it's probably it's it's a fairly long spell by by their standards. But uh, it's you know they're, they're I said they're gonna really relish it and you know if you look if you look at it, look at look right through their teammate is a good so, it's a good spine right throughout, you know, go back to John Cairns and goal um but he he, he kinda of made he made a good save today I've got a one point from um Gweru, But like obviously and he's proven these shot stopping abilities of the throughout championship most notably I suppose in that um the shootout against Castlehaven in the semi final of the county here in Cork. And then the, the, the half lines are like Sam Ryan, Scully, Colin Ryan, and then obviously in the field the first in Ian McGuire is a he's a big launch pad for and uh, so he's a, a central focal point to what what they do in in that Bears team. As I, 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 so one he's experienced from the county, right through the Bears. He, he's always an influential performer for them. And then obviously the forwards, obviously Stephen Sherlock, um, he's been a sensational farm and you, you think. If, um, if he can keep that, if he keep that going, and I think he probably, uh, if he, if he, it she'll probably be hoping, and the bears will be hoping, he's on form against Austin Sext. Um, when that final comes around, but like he's definitely a player, as really. You know, I was just thinking from the county point of view, you know, surely, like if he can, he's got, he'd be a massive asset to the Cox and um, senior rankings and keep Rickon next year if he can keep the scoring form up. But, yeah, definitely. Just and the final all. It's going to be a real. It's gonna be. It's, it's, it's really. I Even mean, looking, yeah, I know it's gonna be. It's gonna be a cracking contest, and it's gonna be a tough one to call. Like obviously Stacks as well. They, they, obviously Keir and Dan, still going strong for them. And I mean, uh, they're far one man team. As well, they have plenty quality operators right around that Stacks team. So, like, it's gonna be a, a close one the call. And like, okay, obviously from from the cop, I think from the cop perspective as well. So uh, you be I think, I think that if you have to go back, I think as far as nineteen ninety nine. I may make it out last time. A, a team from Cork, other than Nemo Rangers, has won the Munster Championship. So, like, I think the Bears will be definitely hoping to change that when when the final comes around in January.
1: Absolutely, and just quickly before you go, I know Brian Hayes was out injured for today. Um, I'm, I'm I'm presuming the Bears will be hoping he'll be fit for the final.
5: Oh, but but we always had a doubt, and you know, yeah, he was. You hoping on a day like today that they actually they they produced the goods and. Thankfully, the line But I'd say definitely for for the for the final, they'd be definitely hoping he's available for selection. Though I, I I didn't hear anything after the match. Just to, in terms, of you w- would he be hit or miss or doubtful for that game against Ex? But I think the fact is, well they have nearly I think it's uh, they, they the bones of the three or four weeks at this stage till when that game comes around to so this. There is a bit of time and a bit of breathing room to get him get him right and get him ready. And so they definitely I think players is the one I need. Everybody. Fully uh, uh, as much as full strength as possible available if they can, and and uh, all those guys even turning up and performing on the day to, to beat a game or to beat a team of the caliber of specs. I would I would say as well, and you know, th- but they have shown throughout and even today as well. But even throughout the 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 cock Championship they are a, a, kind of a battle-hardened team. You know, when when teams pose questions of them or when they when they're put under the koshabisk, the bears they always seem to kind of come up with the answers. And so they're going to probably need all that and more when. When, when they face
1: Stacks the next one well John uh, thanks a million it's, it's, it's going to be uh, an active Christmas for, for the Bears, and uh, I'm sure that anticipation is going to shorten that that little break they have until the final as well John thanks a million and uh, enjoy the Christmas break thanks Aidan uh, happy Christmas John O'Shea there so uh, Christmas with a difference for St Finn Bars this year they're into the Munster Club football final where they will face Austin Stacks. Uh now still 2 all at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium um, that red card hasn't really affected Liverpool too much. Tottenham had a one or two chances there. There was an offside as well, but uh, we will get a full-time report on that just about three minutes. Just under three minutes left in that one, so we'll get a full-time report later on for you there. Now, it is exciting times for Camogie here in Cork, and Jeremy McCarthy has his eye on all the goings-on here on Leeside. In this exclusive interview, Jeremy McCarthy speaks to new Cork Camogie boss, Matthew Toomey. Uh, he They talk about him taking the role, succeeding Paddy Murray, and, of course, Davy Fitz coming in as coach, and more.
6: Okay, now it's a real thrill here on the Big Red Bench to be joined by the new Cork Senior Camogie Manager, Matthew Toomey, who's taking over from Paddy Murray and heading into 2022, looking to build on all the good work that he's been involved in over the last number of years as Cork looks to get back to another all-earned final and maybe even go on better. Matthew, um, hearty congratulations, first of all. It's the first time we've spoken since you've gotten the job. What a lovely moment for you and your family and your club.
2: Yeah, thanks very much, yeah, it's, um, it's a massive honour, like, obviously, just uh, being involved for the last few years, like, it um, wasn't on the radar, like, but as soon as it was approached about it, like, it's something, you know, it's been a huge honour, like, and it's a massive honour for my club as well, Douglas and, uh, obviously, the family, Murray and the kids at home, like, it's, it's fantastic for everybody, like,
6: yeah. It is, and the good news for you, Matthew, is you're not coming into this blindly, you've been there with Paddy Murray and that, uh, that, that, that management and backroom team for, for quite a while now, so you know what's involved.
2: Yeah, I do, yeah. the like I started off I suppose in twenty fourteen and it's been just a joy to be with them But I suppose this year just gone by. Um it's probably the most positive year I had like just um I suppose like everything we do with the players, no matter how you, how high you raise the bar, they're willing to go forward or like and, and it's 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 a testament to them and I suppose when my name was branded about this job. It was the players kinda definitely drove this with me, just their enthusiasm to to get going again and you know, to to right the wrongs of last year. So it was an easy decision when you when you speak to the players like that.
6: Yeah, and you you, you mentioned the players and rightly so. I mean, we've seen we've even heard here on the big red bench since that all urban final loss to Galway, every single player that we've interviewed from that panel has said the same thing without being prompted. They are anxious to get back, they are eager to work and they want to get going again.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's it's just a testament to them, I suppose, because that's that's the way they are—the the, professionalism, you know, their the desire to to know to be better than what they are. Like, and, and I suppose that's the job we have now in hand for next year is just probably to give them all the tools possible to make them the best players they are, mm. and for them to, to know to, to go to with that as well, like.
6: From your point of view, Matthew, you would have seen from the sidelines, you would have seen from coaching the the, the level, uh, the quality of camogie being played at the very highest end of the senior championship, not just by Cork but by three or four or five other counties. It's at its problem it's at its peak now. We're talking peak physical condition. We're talking peak like tactics. We're talking, but the quality of camogie you would have seen not just last year, maybe, but over the two years. Is it in- is it getting better? Um, and and what do you expect from twenty twenty two?
2: Yeah, they, they, like I suppose the standards. like, again, when I got involved in 14, like, I, they, like our team was star-studded, and, like, you know, there was no, they, again, they, they, there was nothing they wouldn't do, but they, I suppose the rules of the game were holding them back a bit. Mm. Um, I have to uh, mention Paddy Murray, like, I, I suppose his professionalism. Drove Kilkenny up to a new level, but I think the whole camogie level as well has gone up because of body. Um Like uh, going, in, especially this year, I suppose the, the two semi-finals, like our game against Kilkenny, was a cracker, and obviously the final was a great game as well. It, it is the tweaking of the rules. It is the players are just going that before the no physicality and all that, and but their skills level is is, is through the roof as well. So I, I presume next year it'll hopefully be the same. Um, the way the league is working out now, uh, you know we've Kilkenny in the league and Claire and Nimerick so like, they're all going to be good testers for us again and then the championship so like, they, they, there's I suppose everyone's talking about the top four so it's Galway, Kilkenny and Tip but there's more teams no, a lot of work being done as well so you, you, like, there's, no, there's no easy game there we had no easy game last with Waterford Stones new people so I presume they're all going to be coming stronger and better again this year as well
6: Now you're not long into the job, you've only just begun training just pre-Christmas but from your own point of view, um, when you're looking at that National League and and having a cut off it, are you more concerned with um, blooding new players and taking a look at them in in that kind of action or is it something that you just want to have a real crack off the league with the experienced players that you've already got?
2: We 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 actually after talking about this already sort of ourselves, like it's it's we're trying to do a fine line between both. Um, we want to blow them players definitely, like we've got a couple of girls onto the panel now. And we want to give them every opportunity to see where they're at, but we haven't won the league in a while, so it is certain, something something that certainly is on our radar as well. Um, but, you know, it's, it's trying to get the fine balance between the both is be be the key. That be our job to try and do that.
6: Um, from your point of view as an inter-county manager and it's the same for GA and it's the same for ladies football the consistency of refereeing was something that came up an awful lot last year and you would have seen that on the sidelines with Cork the interpretation of the rules Matt and this is just a general question it's not just about Cork but in terms of the interpretation of the rules I guess you as an inter-county manager and your predecessor and anyone else involved in Camogie all they're looking for is consistency and if you can get that next year you would have a much better league and a much better championship
2: yeah, like I, I I'd, I'd have to say that. Like, there was obviously a few pretty um, uh, prominent decisions made last year that kind of cost games or cost, you know, mm. possibly like, I suppose all the suppose the corner situation as well. It's disappointing, like, but yeah, if, if you got consistency, but the main thing, um, I think, Liz Dempsey did a good enough game. They the final final, um, be fair to her like, but you know, they, they're on this f- f- floor pressure as well because the, the, there's very grey areas. Even one particular thing that drives me mad. Even if you know they drop in the Hurley has gone, no how the rules, which is I think is good. But even if someone knocks the Hurley out of them, if the, the Hurley leaves the player's hand for any particular reasons to free against you, which is I just find baffling. Like, but you know things like that. I, I hope that the the Komogi Association, after reviewing these kind of things, I like, can you know they can address them. You know,
6: just to make it fair all round. Um, and you just mentioned there like the fact that the Cork set up and previously worked under Pawnee Murray, like the kind of things that you've come across with consistency of refereeing with getting to overcoming Kilkenny. To take the step up and become an inter-county manager is not a straightforward one, Matthew. It's something you have to think about because you've got family, you've got club and you've got life. Life goes on outside of Camogie, whether people believe it or not that they're working at Camogie. Yeah. How much of an influence on your decision were the current players? How much did they... Influence you in wanting to take to deciding to take the job.
2: I, I like obviously, you know, you have to see what work and family and all that first. Is, you know, that's that, mm-hmm. that's obviously. But as soon as they got the green light with that, like the, the players is everything. Like you know, um, like I won't be interested. In the, the highlights or anything like that, like all in there, is, is really for the players. So like I'm, you know, I've, like i am after working up a great relationship with them, and look, it's, it's their enthusiasm. As soon as the All Ireland final was over, I think it was even the following day. They were even questioning, can we go back? And you know that has been constant mm. um, over the last couple of months. Like you know, before this thing kicked in, but mm. no, they, they're they like they're fantastic. They're like they're a brilliant bunch of people. You know, like they know when to work they know when to have the laugh, and you know that that's that's oh, they're they're fantastic. Fairness to that. Yeah.
6: Um, you've come in at a time you uh, in Cork Ladies Football. Shane Ronane has also come in. Um, around the same time to become the new manager there and something he spoke to me about in a recent interview was one, I, I was asking him like what are the main challenges obviously the challenge of becoming inter manager is not easy but he spoke at length about COVID and r- rather the restrictions around COVID and just trying to lay out the plans of what you want to do over the next couple of weeks and months I mean it's fair to say Matthew all of that is up in the air at the moment because you're waiting on government guidelines but I imagine that's that's probably your biggest challenge initially.
2: Uh, yeah, it is it's huge. That no one trying to get pitches like. But um yeah, like even, you know, I suppose everything you are listening to, like the the bars. You know, players. are five or six players that can't train because of this, and, and you know the spread of it. It's scary. Um, obviously, their safety and our own safety is is, is, is number one concern. But um, just trying to organise stuff like we you just it, there's an evidence. You know, I suppose even with the the news coming on today again, like you, you just don't know. What the league is meant to be starting in February. Will it go ahead? You know, will there be some changes to it? We just we just have to drive on as it is, but with a very much sense of caution as well. Like.
6: Yeah, so it's a sense of just carry on as much as you possibly can with what you can do and just wait then for that advice.
2: Yeah, exactly.
6: Um, I have to ask you about one member of your management team. I think he's uh, he's attracted probably more headlines than you have uh, since his appointment. And that's the man from Claire, Davy Fitzgerald. I mean, everyone has had a say on this, including a lot of people inside and outside of Camogie. Um, a couple of things for me. One, this is high profile, which proves... That you know, inter-county GA managers can see the v- the value of getting involved with somebody like Cork Kamogi, which is great for Car Kamogi and great for him. But from your point of view, Matthew, when all the 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 hullabaloo about him taking up the role, Davey taking up the role, died, down, what is it about him and his approach to sport and not just Kamogi but GA in general that w- that made you think this guy could do something for us? Yeah, I I, I
2: suppose like from twenty twenty and. Previous fair to the to party, Murray, like is like I suppose the management teams he set up, the coaches like Kevin Murray very hard to replace. So that was kind of the the thing in my head like you know if if we want to succeed we have to try and match it if not train better it which would be very hard to do. Um, obviously like
4: David Fitzgerald like he's just a bundle of energy, his, his experience
2: you know his knowledge but like as you say. He was. There wasn't too much of a, a, a conversation with him. Both getting involved, it was very easy for him. You know, he, he sees these players as lead players. You know, one of the top teams in, in the country in, in in their sport. You know, he like he heard about him, and again, he was huge in part of this uh, in, in getting Davey involved. So massive credit to But he sees this as, a, as an opportunity for something different. Um we all know, Rick he was meant to get the Galway job, and it didn't work out. But. Um, I think it's a huge thing for for us for our players. Like even since he's been involved, no, you just know, it's, 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 it's been it's been brilliant. Like it's been fresh breath air. Um, but like it's, it's it's a massive statement to the Camogie Association as well. Like that a, a person of this caliber, it, it is willing to come involved with the Camogie team, and I think it's a huge statement. You know, it's it's it, I, I'm hoping they can progress from this with with everybody, not just Cork, but of course I'm only one concerned about Cork, but. The, but the game itself, kind of, you know, can can we kind of push on with this now as well? Like,
6: how have the players taken to him um, so far? No, he hasn't been in for very long.
2: Uh, very good. Yeah, we were we, we had a training session last night. You no, know, like obviously you can't talk out of school, but it was very entertaining. Put it that way. <laughs>
6: Yeah. I would imagine the banter was flying both directions is that correct?
2: Yes yeah 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 yeah. Okay, well that sounds it's the first time we saw Ashley Thompson quite in a long
6: time yeah. okay well there's a ringy endorsement um, yeah. just finally Matthew look it's 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 coming up to Christmas I know you're gonna you're looking forward to Christmas to be at home with your family next year's going to be hectic to put it mildly but this is something that you've aspired to something you've gotten it's a role and a job that you've gotten on merit now, you know you haven't been just been plucked out of a, a list of, a lot of people were interested in this You've gotten it on merit. Is it something, there's a lot happening at the moment, there's COVID and everything, so it's a difficult time to be an inter-county manager, but is it something you're looking forward to and is it something that you think you can actually enjoy when the time comes around?
2: Yeah, I think that, I suppose, when I was growing up, I suppose I inspired to be manager of the senior hurling team, which I got. To, like, I mean, It was fantastic. Like, but i got' involved with the Camogies, I'm after saying, a few times in 2014 and it's just it's taken me over. Um, was it on my radar? No. But when got, the opportunity came, is it's huge. It's fantastic. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I do envisage all the work. Like, but I've a fantastic backroom team around me. Um, we're all the same pair, and they're all willing to, to roll up the sleeves and we, we allocate as much work around as we can to share the load. And um, yeah, I, 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 I'm very excited about the year. You know, um, all these interviews now wouldn't be the top of my list. Like, but look, it's, out, it's out in the fields, you not know, getting to see if we can improve the
6: players. Yeah. a big, big boost to fill but not, we'll give it a go on bit. well listen everybody here on the Big Red Bench is looking forward to seeing how you get on and supporting you and getting behind the Cork Camogie team in 2022 thank you very very much for taking the time to talk to us today Matthew and enjoy your Christmas
2: thank you very much John same to you thanks a million The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM
0: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.
1: You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Lee here with you until seven. It has finished up two all between Tottenham and Liverpool in the Premier League. Nigel it was at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium.
3: Tottenham 2, Liverpool 2, great game, especially if you are the league leader's Manchester City. Harry Kane put Spurs ahead on 14, Diogo Jota headed in an equaliser on 34. Liverpool regained the lead when Andy Robertson nodded home from close range, but five minutes later, the Liverpool keeper Alisson made a mistake and allowed Son to slide home. Robertson was then sent off for a wild tackle. Spurs looked the more likely to win the game, but it finished 2 2.
1: Now, if you were watching the European Cross-Country Championships last weekend, then you'll have seen a fantastic young athlete from Cork in the under 23, 8,000 metres. That man is Dara McLeney and I caught up with him during the week. Delighted to say that I'm joined by yet another rising superstar in Irish athletics, uh, who just happens to be from Cork, of course. Dara uh thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks very much for having me in. Uh congratulations first of all uh, last weekend a super achievement in the uh, the European 23s cross country 8000 metres. Uh you took silver on the individual front and uh, led team Ireland to to overall gold.
7: Yeah, thanks very much. Um yeah, it was yeah, it was it was a phenomenal day. It was re- really really special. Um I suppose especially like the just the team aspect of it as well was just was just unbelievable. Um I think like Getting a uh, getting getting team gold for a country of our nation on in the European Championships is is rare, um you know, and it's it's kind of one of those things. Even if we sneak in for a bronze, usually it's a uh, it's it's worthy of celebration. But um, not to have to have gotten the gold, and obviously especially, I mean the fact that it was on it was on home soil it kind of just made it kind of made the whole event really to be honest with you because uh you know it's. Athletics is kind of one of those sports you can you can have a, a brilliant performance, but if you kind of do it, you know, in rural Belgium or out in Bulgaria or something, nobody really cares, you know what I mean? And we could have well been listening to our own event on top of the podium with, you know, maybe 15 Irish people down um, joining us, whereas, you know, the fact that we were there and there was, you know, the bones of 8,000 Irish people there watching it and obviously willing us on every lap was, uh, it was unbelievable. Absolutely, and of course you know, uh,
1: Sunday Sunday morning or Sunday lunchtime on RTE as well. Like, it, it garnered a huge audience uh, from, from a lot of people probably didn't didn't realise it was on until they were just flicking through the channels, which
7: is just great to get
1: those kind of passing interests as well, isn't it?
7: Mm, yeah, that's it, 100%. And I think uh, it's funny, like, uh, um, you know, the few times that uh, over the last couple of years that, like, you know, various championships that I've been taking part in every time that they've been on RTE, I think it always kind of seems to pick up another you know one or two casual athletics fans um, and uh, to be fair I think like that was that was what made it so special as well and like you know what we were saying afterwards is like you know if you, you know because on another day like I very easily could have came fourth or fifth in the individual and you know a couple of the guys in the team might have not had their best days and we very easily could have came you know fourth or fifth with the team and you know it completely changes the complexity of the day um, and it completely I suppose on a kind of wider view, it completely changes the the experience for all the people that were there watching. And like, I mean, the amount of young kind of, you know, between like, you know, eight and 16 year old athletes that like, uh, that, you know, compete for athletic clubs and stuff that were there, um, that were there watching it. You know, it's, like, it's just like not to blow my own trumpet, but it's like, you know, if, if we had had something like that to watch when we were that age, I think it would have captivated us even more. Um so I think the fact that there was so many young kind of aspiring athletes were able to see Irish people, you know, toppling bigger nations on home soil, I think um I think, yeah, like I mean hopefully hopefully like we've inspired athletes to, you know, be ambitious and to to kind of to chase days like that because they, um, yeah, they're they're just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, you're you're dead right, your you're spot on, and, and a, a, another lovely moment as well. I saw a picture there at the end, uh, just after the race, with, with your with your younger brother as well. it so, uh, must be great to, to have that support back again after probably a year of, I suppose, racing with, with very little people around you to, to have the family there on that big day. Yeah,
7: yeah, no, it was yeah yeah to be fair like yeah the photo with your last gas, um, but I think as well it's like you know, uh, you know. I I had a lot of family there like my my granny was there and a couple of aunties and uncles and things like that and obviously my parents and my brothers but they've been to you know for every good race they've been to they've probably been to 10 bad races and for every unbelievable race they've been to they've probably been to 20 mediocre races you know Um, and that's the way it goes I mean it really is like like, you have to you know you have to be very patient and very kind of disciplined for in order to have days like this because they certainly don't come up very often. Um so the fact that yeah it was, you know, again as they say, on home soil with with family and friends there watching was uh was just made it just made it, you know, way more special. Like you said, there the team aspect as well for, for someone like yourself
1: who's coming from a, a GA background, a Gaelic football background, it must be great to have had that team success because I suppose, like like any other individual sport, athletics can be a lonely place at times.
7: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think, to be fair, um, yeah, having the having the team success probably kind of, you know, it was it almost kind of, yeah, it definitely kind of probably ignited kind of the the feelings of, you know, like winning county championships with Bear when I was younger and, you know, winning West Cork Leagues with Banshee Bay Rovers and things like that, that, um, you know, that kind of feeling of, like, you know, you haven't done it on your own and, you know, when you, cross the line, you have somebody else to come over and hug, you're not everybody on the certain wasn't, you know, technically your competitor or whatever. Um but yeah, and even just yeah, like that was that was what really made it special the last um like you know for even a couple of hours after we were kinda, you know, moving around the 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 course as a team after the race and everybody wanted to come up and, you know, chat to us and um things like that, which yeah it did make it it made it, it made it really special because it is at like, least can be a very lonely sport, especially on the on the bad days. Um, but even you know, like even on on the good days it can be as well. You know, like I, I mentioned earlier, you know how it had the race being in somewhere in Belgium or something like that. It might not be in a special, and like I think we've all a lot of the athletes would have had days like that where we've actually ran really well. And you know, in order to have a a good performance in in athletics, like you need to you know obviously dig dig really deep and like you have to find find something from fairly deep within you to in order to actually pull out a good performance. And, you know, a lot of the time you do it and you have the internal kind of satisfaction, but you're you're also kind of aware. It's like, yeah, this like this is really going kind of under the radar. Or it's kind of like, you know, like you see it happened a couple of times where you might have had to fly somewhere like Belgium on your own for a race. And, you know, all you want to do is kind of celebrate, but you're you're in the hotel on your own the night after the race and then you're getting a six o'clock flight home or whatever. But that was what made it really special after. And obviously I mentioned that like, we were on the course for a few hours after and like it was, you know, we all went from probably giving uh, giving children like autographs maybe two or three times in our lives to doing it, you know, <laughs> forty or fifty times after the race and things like that. Just doing it as a team is unreal. And then even the fact that we were able to go back to the hotel after and like you know just as a team just kind of debrief and just like you know try and come to terms with like how special an achievement like that we just that we just done. Um, so yeah, no, it was, it was brilliant. What is it about
1: West Cork producing all these uh, top class athletes uh, in the in the last year or two? Uh, you're, you're joining yeah. a big list at the moment, of course. Uh, Phil Philhelia stand out as well. Uh, well, what, what's in the water? It's it's a bit like Skibberine and all the roars at the moment.
7: Yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, we're just built differently than West Cork. Like um, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. It's good breeding. I don't know what it is, but it's. Uh, I think it's you know. I think it's funny even looking at our team from the last day. Like we all come from. Like we nobody. Nobody from Dublin on the team. Um, it was all all rural guys, like, you know what I mean, who've been... And I think as well, like, when you're in smaller clubs, like, you might be training on your own a lot more. It definitely does kind of build up a more steely kind of determination. Um, and, you know, I think we've all been in sport for a long time. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we've, we've all had good days and all of bad days. But, like, like we're all... Yeah, as they say, like, we're, we're all from kind of small, like, kind of rural villages or towns. Um, probably, like, the kind of most populous place of any of the teams was one of the last like from Mullingar, but like apart from that it's all like small villages and I think it does you know you're out there you're training especially in west cork i mean where I'm from in Glengarf is like you know it's it's really hilly and um it's yeah, like i mean it's for building strength it's it's as good a place as any in the world like places like like Glengarf woods and things like that is uh is yeah i mean like they're like i've you know been on training camps all over the world but you Know what I always say about Glengariff Woods is like no matter how fit I like come, it always just or, you know, no matter how fit I am coming down there, I also I always come home just so humbled by the place because it's just so so tough. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's been unbelievable for West Cork recently, and I think even like, um, you know, Kieran McCarthy, the, the sports journalist with uh, with sudden stare, he's I think he's often can't believe his look at how many things he actually has to write about in, in such a small area. And, um, but even things like that, I mean, like, I think. Again, being from a small area, you kind of get more attention and more support, kind of coming through the ranks, which can kind of inspire you as well. Um, so I suppose it's a combination of things, but it's uh, there's definitely is something to it, innit? And I suppose uh, going into twenty twenty two now is what two or three
1: weeks left in the year. Uh, have you set particular aims for next year already, or are you just taking a couple of weeks off at the moment?
7: Um, yeah, so we have yeah, basically have my kind of my racing schedule or whatever planned out up until about May. um up until about May. Um like next year's a hectic year. Um so be, um I'm gonna on the twenty seventh of December I'm going out to Kenya um for a month training um with a couple of lads. One of the lads that was on the team as well, Keelan Karehu, he was our second scorer on the team the last day he's coming out and then a few of the other guys that, that we train train with up here. Um so we're going there on the twenty seventh and then we're back on the twenty seventh of January and like there's two, so there's there's three um, for the first time in in years because of like postponements because of COVID. there's there's three um, major championships for the end of for the end of August or whatever. So we've got the World Indoor Championships um, are on in Serbia in I think on the second weekend of March. So I'll hopefully run the qualifying standard for that and get sent because that'll be my first senior championships. Um, you know, so it'd be great guys get my first our senior vest and then there's an opportunity then to get two more in the summer we've got the so first is the world world outdoor championships um are on in oregon in america um i think they're on at the end of july and then in the middle of august then the european outdoor championships are on in munich um so there's no rest really i suppose well we have had this week really to just kind of enjoy it and you know kind of soak it all in I'll go back home on Monday for Christmas, for six or seven days. Try and get back running. Remind my legs what running is after this layoff. And then, yeah, go up to uh, go up to ten in Kenya. Get a good training block in. And then, yeah, as I say, it's so busy for the year. But I think as well, what possibly wasn't on our radar so much before the weekend, but is now is like you know the the next edition of the European Cross Country on next year. Um, so that'll be like kind of the same weekend that it was on this year. Um, so that that's on in Turin, in uh, in Italy next year. But, like, from our team the last day, um, out of five out of the six of us are underage again next year because um, the race last day was for at least born in 99, 2000, 2001. Um, and we just had one lad born in 99. And so, you know, I mean, we talk about how rare it is for an Irish team to, to win a European team medal. It's even rarer to, you know, potentially go out there and, and, uh, and defend it. So that's something now that I think... As I say, yeah, wasn't really thinking about it all that much the last couple of months. But now, now that we have the gold medal from here, I think it'd be really special to go out there and train, show that we weren't a flash in the pan. Um, because you know, you've the the typical murmurs after the race, as you do whenever a kind of underdog topples a, a bigger team or whatever or a bigger opponent. It was, you know, some of the GB lads and the French lads. Oh, oh, we didn't have our best day, like blah blah blah. But I think, um, I think the reality of it really was like we were just. Way too strong for them, do you know what I mean. And uh, if we can go out there next year, and as I say, like so myself and Keelan were our first two scorers. We're both underage against again next year, um, and then like even even we had loads of guys who weren't who weren't on the team that were like unbelievably strong, and you know would have would have been welcome additions to the to the team last week. So it's supposed to be a case of um, uh, you know them trying to get on the team, and I think as well, people will have you know like athletes. So, uh, like all the athletes, kind of eligible to to be selected, are going to be putting their their life and soul into getting selected. Because, you know, if even if you're the you know sixth uh, sixth member of the team, you're still playing a part, and you you still you know potentially get a, a team medal if if it if it comes true. So, I think like yeah, I think we'll find now in about eleven months' time there'll be a lot of excitement for that championships as well, and a lot of excitement for the people that are going to be part of it, trying to get on the team and trying to see what we can do. Um, so that's yeah, it's it's I mean it's it's, a, it's gonna be a really really busy year. Um, but yeah, and I suppose then kind of more more long term, we we have you know we're coming straight into that, but then we're you know hopefully on the road to on on the road to Paris twenty twenty four. Um, so trying to just get closer to that goal every day. Absolutely
1: fantastic stuff. Um, best of luck with uh, with with next year and uh, enjoy the Christmas and of course the trip to Kenya and uh, we'll definitely uh, try and catch up with you at some stage. I suppose in a couple of months' time, Dara. Uh, Brilliant stuff again. Congratulations on last weekend, and Thanks a million for coming on The Big Revenge. No problem. Thanks very much. Yeah, Darren McElhinney there uh, speaking after their success at the European Cross Country. And we'll definitely be keeping an eye on his progress and hopefully catching up with him sometime in the new year. Time to switch our attention across the pond now, where there are just four weeks left in the regular season in the NFL. Uh, I spoke to the playoff, uh, I spoke uh, to take a look at the playoff and Super Bowl contenders in the American football scene. I spoke to the Irish NFL show's Michael Mack. I've finally nailed down an NFL segment here on the Big Red Bench, and joining me is Michael McQuaid of the Irish NFL Show. Michael, thanks a million for coming on.
8: How's it going? Great to be on. Thanks a million for having me on. Appreciate it. Not a bother at all.
1: Uh, it's getting to that stage now in the NFL. Uh, we we have four uh, weeks of games left of the regular season. This is where it starts to heat up now heading into the new year.
8: It's it's hard to believe. Like For, for anybody that like watches the NFL or maybe doesn't watch the NFL, we're heading into week 15 and it's just... It's it's flew by over the last few weeks and months, and uh, it was a real help last year during you know COVID and and lockdown. And hopefully it doesn't come to that point again, but who knows? But uh, it's it's been a great season so so far, and very competitive as well, which is good.
1: Yeah, and uh, and just looking, I suppose we we'll first of all look at the NFC. Uh, with the Green Bay Packers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Arizona Cardinals all on 10 wins and 3 losses. So you'd have to say that they're pretty much all nailed down at this stage. Uh, who else are we looking at after that in the NFC playoff picture?
8: The really interesting one for me is one that I thought would maybe potentially win the Super Bowl um, this year, and that was the Los Angeles Rams. And you mentioned Green Bay, Arizona there. The Rams came into the season as not happy favourites, but a lot of people thought that they would maybe win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl which is in their home stadium in LA this year now they've added guys across the year um, for anybody not aware of this Stan Kroenke who owns Arsenal also owns the Rams and let's just say if you were an Arsenal fan you would be livid because they're literally buying or bringing in everybody uh, bringing in Von Miller who won the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos Odell Beckham Jr bringing in big names but they have stuttered over the last few weeks saying they got beat against the Packers lost to the 49ers uh, and they've come back a bit. They had a big win there on Tuesday, or well, Monday morning or Monday night. Sorry, Tuesday morning, our time uh, against the Cardinals, who who were well. I think they're still they're up there anyway. I think they're. I was gonna say number one, or number two, but a big win for them in Arizona. A couple of lads from Ireland over that game as well. And it's it's a really interesting stretch because you have got a few teams in the NFC that are close, but. They're nowhere near. Maybe I mean where, where the Bucks are, or where the Packers are. The AFC's all over the show, though.
1: Going on to the AFC, of course, uh, as you mentioned, there um, it is a lot tighter between the the teams at the top and the teams in contention. And I suppose one of the biggest uh, the biggest news stories in it are the Kansas City Chiefs. And their remarkable uh, turnaround in the last seven weeks, seven wins in a row, and they've gone right back to the top of the AFC.
8: And obviously, this we're we're chatting here after they win on the Thursday night football against the Chargers in LA. And I was one of the ones that wrote the Chiefs off, and I'm not saying I wrote them off, but I really didn't think they would maybe get back to ten and four sitting top of the AFC, which means they've got the number one seed. They get a bye week, and if they win all their games, they get through to the Super Bowl potentially. Playing all their games at home, uh, Chiefs sitting ten and four. I think the the, the big one there um, as well. Patriots sitting nine and four, number two. Patriots, of course, had Tom Brady. Lost Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick has found a way to win without him, and he's really building the team around that defense. I went off the topic. The Chiefs have been the Chiefs have been really interesting because they've had games where they've played lights out. And then there's been games where they really haven't been great offensively I'll, I'll go back to the game maybe um against the the titans where they could be 27th street they got beat against the sorry they should they should have got beaten against the cowboys in my opinion and the giants because offensively they were great they've got a guy called patrick Mahomes which is is really really good and statistically over the last couple of years he's been great uh, but they found a way to turn it on he scored 48 points last week against the raiders they had a great game last night against the Chargers, albeit the Chargers missed opportunities, but at the end of the day, they had the higher score and they've won, and they're going to win their division. And um, the thing, even for me, with the AFC is it's just honestly, I know the Chiefs are on top, but like I, I'm, I'm looking at the Chargers, I'm looking at the maybe the Ravens depend on their quarterback, but Tennessee as well. Tennessee have had a bit of a quiet spot over the last month, and I'm starting to think. Could they make a run with it like again? They they're I think they clinched, clinched it. Derrick Henry coming back will be the, the big uh the big factor uh, in that, And they've got guys like uh, AJ Brown as well, guys coming back in Julio Jones coming back in. I think they're coached as well. My, my, Mike Mike excellent and it's gonna be intriguing because they're playing the Steelers uh, they're playing the Steelers on, on Sunday this weekend, and they should win that game. If they win that game, going to ten and four. All it takes is for Kansas City who have to play Pittsburgh. Denver and I think the Raiders in the last three games. Nobody knows what's going to happen because usually, you know, not 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 every year, but usually the the the, the number one, number two seed in the AFC would maybe lose three or four games tops. And we're, we're already sitting the best team in the AFC's in the lost four, and there's still three or four more games to go, which is a bit mad.
1: Yeah, I suppose a big factor in that has been the COVID situation. And, and at the moment, it's pretty much mirroring what we've seen in the Premier League as well. A lot of players are going down with it at the moment. And there has actually, other than COVID, been a, quite a high injury rate this year as well as that. The whole COVID situation.
8: It's funny because last year, the, the NFL ploughed through the season they got through the season they got they got where they needed to go obviously a lot of states in america didn't allow fans in and they got to tampa bay tampa i think it actually helped the nfl at tampa bay got to the super bowl in, in their home stadium and won the super bowl there because it did help with the fans not not spreading COVID as much as maybe it would have happened but one thing that didn't happen last year is teams weren't completely decimated by it. Yes, there were certain teams that had it very tough. For example, the Titans had a tough last year in Tennessee. The Steelers had a few situations and the Denver Broncos had to play a game without a quarterback because um, there was a whole situation there which I'm looking into. But this year, it's really went south a bit. Like Looking at the Cleveland Browns um, this week have they're starting quarterback out with COVID, Their backup quarterback out with COVID and multiple defensive players out with COVID. And just touching on the Premier League there as well, like it's it's really any man's guess what's going to happen domestically, I guess, looking at the UK with the Premier League. But I think for the NFL, for me, I think apply all them until they get to the point where they can't do any more. Now, you've mentioned the NFC there, the Packers, Packers, have a good shot at getting to the big game in February. Their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, is unvaccinated. says uh, the positive. So I do think his um, COVID, the word I'm trying to find, where he is protected from getting COVID, I guess, with his antibodies, that does run out towards the Super Bowl. I think the nightmare scenario for a fan or a nightmare a nightmare scenario for the league would be If you're getting to Super Bowl Sunday and the Friday comes and one of the quarterbacks in each team or maybe the the wide receiver or the best defensive player tests positive, I don't think anybody wants to see that there. They've introduced new uh, protocols this week, which hopefully keep it more safer, but they also use the Omicron variant as a way of maybe bringing bringing back players that have tested positive. Uh, sooner rather than later so it just really depends what's going to happen it's anybody's guess so there was a lot of people calling for the browns game on saturday to be moved at the time of recording that's not the case who knows what's gonna happen who knows what's gonna happen in the Premier league over the next few weeks yet and i I can't call it i mean for me it makes sense to take a break and and get back again but i guess if you ply on maybe it it, it might be okay but it looks like we we could have a big wave in january so who knows
1: yeah yeah it's true with the Premier league i think there's a different culture in the nfl where you know, there's always a massive storyline about going down to that third choice or fourth choice quarterback and the third choice kicker coming onto the field, compared to the Premier League where it's not as uh, it's not as uh, you know. I suppose it's different when you're going down into academy players rather than you're going down to some forty year old guy who's been hanging around for a couple of years as, as the third choice getting a game.
8: It's it's that sort of thing as well, where like you might bring in uh, well the Browns we're going to bring in Case Keenum who. He was he was at Denver and he's been a sort of a stop start plug option. So in some cases he, he done okay in Minnesota, but he hasn't played week in week out, you know. And it's funny because you've you've only got seventeen games a season. If you make it to the playoffs, you get a few more, but you don't have that much options for actually getting those raw minutes in. And uh, you know, look, looking at the New York Jets, they've had numerous quarterbacks this year. Back was Zach Wilson, who's a rookie, he's brand new into the league. He went down. A guy called Mike White came in. I think Mike White played. I think like I think it was under twenty snaps or something in preseason. So they're coming in in the high pressure situations. But two or three weeks ago in the season, and it would be great to see some, maybe somebody come in as a backup. Uh, I like think Mullins is playing for the Browns this weekend and, and play well because they're under enough pressure as it is. So yeah, you you you're right. They've definitely got a different attitude to it. Um, I I think you know <laughs> something awful could happen and the game would still go on. You know you you see. Like for example, when it snows heavily, the game still happens. I think it's great, but you know you have to ask when it comes into the playoffs. Will they have different aspirations for this whole COVID situation? Because you know there was talk last year of a bubble. I don't think it's going to get to that. There, obviously, people in America, different countries with different opinions. Uh, I think there would have to be some sort of management around it because I would hate to see a team miss out because somebody's tested positive, especially when. The very, very, well, if not all, the vast majority of players are uh, taking this seriously and, and they're not trying to test positive, so hopefully that's not the case. And the Rams as well, sorry I meant to say, the Rams played on Monday night and now like 10 people have COVID, so there you go. <laughs> Quickly, before I let you go, um,
1: I suppose the Bucks and, and Green Bay are probably shoo-ins to face off in the NFC. Uh, who do you think at this stage will be will be meeting in the AFC
8: Oh, that's like the, the million dollar question at the minute. I think the thing for the AFC where it really comes down is looking at the teams that are maybe in the hunt. Like if you look at at the minute, as of as of the time of recording, the Browns, I know they issues with the Kobe, so they might not they might go down a stretch, but the Browns, the Bengals, seven and six, the Broncos the Steelers, Steelers maybe not so much, but maybe that Bengals team I think can 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 really make a push for it. The thing that really intrigues me for the AFC is if you have six or seven teams there at the start of the playoffs. Um, I think any of them can win it. I, I really do. Like as it stands right now, the chiefs have a chance. They're always gonna have a chance. The Patriots were number one in AFC until until last week. The Titans can make a run for it. The Ravens had to get Lamar Jackson back. He's currently injured, like TBC for Sunday. The Chargers, I think, could set up an LA Super Bowl. If Justin Herbert actually gets it right and they take the points, they should have won the game on Thursday night for me. The Colts have a very interesting situation with their defense. If Carson Wentz can actually play for the whole 60 minutes the whole whole four quarters and not for an interception they might have a chance jonathan taylor which i haven't even spoken about could be the mvp this year and then the bills the bills were unlucky in the second half against the bucks last last week the bills have been too inconsistent but the reality is if you get into the playoffs you've always got a chance i can't call who's going to win the afc my head is saying kansas city my heart is saying maybe tennessee or buffalo but it really, and it's it's usually not like this. It's very difficult to call this year. Well, Michael, it's
1: a uh, shape not to be a fantastic playoff uh, picture. Thanks a million for coming on. Thanks for taking time out. I know you're you're heading away there soon. So uh, thanks a million, and uh, we we we'll, we we might touch
8: base again there uh, towards towards the Super Bowl maybe. I'm happy to come on anytime, Aidan. Thanks a million, and appreciate it.
1: Michael Mack there from the Irish NFL show. That is it from me on the Big Red Bench. Last one for the Christmas period. We'll be back on New Year's Day with a special show recapping the weird and wonderful year that has been 2021. So don't miss out on that on New Year's Day. So until then, happy Christmas and a happy new year. If you missed the show, you can catch up on redfm.ie and all major podcast platforms. Connors up next on Green and Red.
0: The
2: Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.